Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host, and today's quote is by Beth Revis. My inspiration tends to come from two words, the two most important words to a writer, what if? I think those words are important to all of us leading out there in the world today, and I think you're going to enjoy very much our guest expert for you today. As the owner and CEO of Writer Girl, Christy Pretzinger transformed the landscape of healthcare content creation. She's built an industry-leading company that delivers superior content and strategy to healthcare brands across the country. Christy has always been intentional about building her business based on a culture of kindness. All right, you're seeing where we're coming from with this one. Uh, that approach has proven to be good for people and the bottom line. So we're going to learn a lot about her, her mindset, her strategies, and I think she's going to leave you with the inspiration and the tips to move forward and take action. So welcome, Christy. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Heather. Oh, I, I'm very happy to have you here today. So, you know, I have some questions all across the board about your business, but before we do that, I want to just give you the opportunity. I gave a very brief bio of someone who has done a lot. Would you like to share anything else in your journey that you think is important? Um, I think that it's always interesting from where you sit, looking back uh, to how you ended up where you are. Um, and sometimes I think some of it isn't so interesting until you get into the details, you know, sharing like I, I mentor younger businesses and I'm always like, let me share all the mistakes I've made so you can break it in a brand new way, you know? Um, but in terms of how I, it all began, I was a freelance writer and then um, I was building uh, the company Writer Girl. I had no idea it was going to turn into what it did. Um, but as you mentioned, I uh, said to my accountant at the time that if I couldn't build a business based on kindness, then I would go back to being a freelancer. And then I got busy building a business with your head down. And as anybody who's ever done something like that knows, busy, 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 young child, all those things. And then from, you know, many years later, where I sit now, I can look back and say, wow, that was an intention I had. And I can see how an intention actually does affect your life all the way through. Um, interestingly, over time uh, with my team, we developed our values and they are, um, we are empowered, curious, kind, and fun. And our mission is that we build relationships one word at a time. So all of those things are, I always say that your values remain constant. You can change the expression of them, but they should remain constant. And then they are a thread that pulls through your organization upon which all decisions can hang. Mm -hmm. And so that kindness is obviously a key um, a key value of ours, but so is empowered, curious, and fun, you know? So, so those things have really formed the culture, um, of the company that I run now. And, uh, looking back a few years ago, I started realizing that where my real passion is, is in, in building that environment where people can thrive. The, the writing business was just because I happened to be a writer, I could do it well. And then I started building it and it, you know, kind of went from there. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't start out with this passion 
for building, you know, creating a new category and building, an, you know, a business like that. I'm happy that we did it. And I couldn't be prouder of the team that I have that has been by my side for so much of that time, building this organization. And I'm very fortunate that I have an excellent team who runs the day-to-day -day operations, which allows me then to focus on my passion and what I think I'm actually best at. Oh, you know, there's so many uh, amazing ideas in this that people can listen and say, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. So let's talk about one in particular, and that is building, I guess maybe it's more creating the space and the environment, right? For your, mm -hmm. your, your team to thrive. So mm -hmm. how did you do that? Do you have some tips on what our listeners might be thinking about or doing differently so that they can do the same thing? Yeah, I, I've given this a lot of thought. Um, and many years ago, I mean, I'm trying to think how many years ago is probably at least 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I had a coach that I was working with. And she said to me, you are writer girl and writer girl is you and it won't grow until you do. And that really resonated with me. It was a much smaller business at the time. But I understood what she meant. And um, I've, of course, like anybody in business, I've read business books, but they're not my passion. Uh, so I started reading more personal development books and really trying to unpack and understand my own behavior. Mm -hmm. And right around that time, I also was introduced to something called the Enneagram. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, and that was a game changer for me. And, and for your listeners who aren't familiar, the Enneagram is a personality typing system. Um, and there's a million of those out there. But Unlike the others, the Enneagram looks underneath at your motivation for your behavior because behaviors can be very similar, but the why you behave that way mm -hmm. uh, is very different. And so I learned about my own whys and really worked hard to understand, you know, the highs and lows of that. And what I learned from that is that I could be vulnerable and that, I, in fact, I had to be vulnerable. I mean, you're listening to someone who really honestly believed that vulnerability was weakness. I mean, I really did. And then when I watched Brene Brown's talk, I think in 2010, I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, I she I sees me, it. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I got it. I think I've probably watched that 100 times. And so I realized that that it was actually the only way to courage was through vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so I realized as, as a leader, I had to demonstrate the things that I wanted my organization to do. So if I wanted vulnerability, I had to be vulnerable. If I wanted empathy, I had to be empathetic. If I wanted kindness and so forth, you know, whatever it was, I had to make sure that I led with that. And something else that, that I learned over time, and I would say this when we, when I was more involved actively in hiring people, um, usually like I'm thinking of one particular employee who now has been with us nine years. Uh, she came on because there were two other employees that she had worked with, but she'd kind of been burned by other businesses before. And they were telling her, Oh, you're, it's great. You're going to love Christy. She says what she means. She means what she says. Well, uh, this woman didn't believe it understandably. And I was, I was saying to her at the time, I said, trust is a long game. You know, it, it, I can tell you to trust me, but until you experience that trust, you have no reason to believe it. And uh, she fully does believe it now. And what's great is that that now, because there are so many people who are long-term employees, that when new employees are interviewing, they talk to those people and to a person, they all say, you know, this is real. Like she says these things, everybody in the organization says these things, and they are actually true. Um, and again, like I said, it's a long game. Um, it's, it's really important, as I think most people know, to say what you mean and mean what you say. 
And if you make a mistake, acknowledge it. You know, that's that's a big one. Um, and, and another big one for me is, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard, your listeners have heard this one too. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right, right. And I firmly believe that even as the leader of my organization, because I have a different skill set than the people on my leadership team, but I need every one of their perspectives to inform my decision-making. Uh, so really being able to understand, I mean, I hear so many other business owners from time to time saying things like, well, I'm the best at that. I'm thinking, well, why don't you hire someone and teach them to be better than you? You know, and then you can get out of a job if you want to, you know, by raising other people up. And, yeah, yeah. Right and go on adventures. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of working in the day to day. So those are just a few key elements. Did that answer your question, Heather? Yes, uh, it's brilliant. And you know what it is, though? It's it's going to just whet their appetite. <laughs> They're going to want more, <laughs> even more. And so you mentioned that you you created this culture, you created this space, this environment, and this team. So they're thriving so that you can do something else that you're passionate about. Can you give us like, what does that look like for you, this passion of yours? Well, um, a few years back when I was had discovered through working with some um, consultants that the core of our business was our culture. And that started, you know, getting my wheels turning, thinking, well, that's interesting because most people probably wouldn't think of a core competency of an organization of a revenue generating, you know, for-profit organization that it would be culture. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about it. And I came up with the idea of, which is what I do, looking at your business through the lens of a cultural balance sheet. You know, anyone who has any sort of financial responsibility, whether it's as a leader of an organization or a department or an entrepreneur or whatever, you have to look at the finances. You know, you have a fiduciary responsibility. But what I realized is that you have a cultural opportunity as well as responsibility, and you have great impact on that. And so I started thinking about it and thinking what I, my, my audacious goal from, you know, my, my little place where I sit in the world would be to reinvent the way people look at the world of work, to get the word out to other people, to share what I've experienced and have other people go do it bigger and better so that, you know, the next generation of workers expects more from their employers. You know, I like to think that the, the children of writer girl employees have seen the way their parents are treated and that they in turn will expect that from their employers as opposed to people treating them just like a number or replaceable or things like that. Um, so that that's my big goal. And so then in, in looking to fulfill that, um, I went to a program through an organization I'm a part of called Entrepreneurs Organization. So for any of your listeners who are entrepreneurs, definitely look into it. It's a global org organization in 65 countries. And they, offered, they offer a program every year. And a few years back, I went to it. It's called the Global Speakers Academy. And so I went to the UK and took this week-long workshop and they had these wonderful coaches who helped you craft a signature talk. So whether you want to do a TED talk or support a book or whatever it was, I had no idea how to do that. I can talk, but I didn't know how to craft yeah. a talk. And so that was a wonderful exercise and they really helped me bring your cultural balance sheet to life. So then once I'd crafted the talk, I kind of used that as the outline for the book that I'm currently working on, which is called Your Cultural Balance Sheet. Um, and so then that allows me to, to 
encapsulate smallly because we're turning into 30 days to to building an environment where people can thrive. But of course, as I said, it's a long game. It takes much longer than that, but at least kind of gets you out of the gate and onto the playing field. Um, and so that's what I'd really like to spend my time doing. And of course, I continually, I, I keep an eye, I'm the, the culture eye at my organization and the visionary for my organization. Those are the things at which I excel. And so I do those things. Oh my gosh. So for those of you listening who happen to be entrepreneurs, really hear what Christy is talking about is, you know, what do you do? She's like, these are my things. These are the things that she does very, very well. What are they? And might you be wearing some hats that don't fit you very well that maybe fit someone else really well and look fantastic on them. So I, I want you to start thinking about that. So let's just go back to the book though for a moment, Christy, because I think it sounds amazing and I can't wait until it comes out. It's called your culture balance sheet, cultural? Your cultural balance sheet, cultural balance sheet, yes. And mm -hmm. what's the subtitle again? 30 Days to Building an Environment Where People Can Thrive. That's fantastic. Like, why wouldn't people pick that up? Of course. So, so just little snippets so yeah. to make it easier and actionable. Right. Because it's a, if you were to just look at that, uh, you know, that title, okay, we're going to just create a new culture. It's, it can be overwhelming, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Get down for people and giving them nuggets. Is there, could you give us a sneak peek of, peek of like one thing that you yeah. might recommend for people to think about? Yeah, there, there's there's a few things. Um, two of the key elements, and I can actually um, offer your listeners um, a link to, to download these two documents. Oh, awesome. uh, two things that we do um, in my organization. Um, one of them is we do, we don't really do formalized reviews. Mm -hmm. What we do is we use a document called the best of us. And it's a four quadrant document. It's not original to us. I think like it's from McKinsey or somebody. We fine tuned it for our organization. Um, and it's got, you get the best of me when in the upper left quadrant, you get the worst of me when across from the upper right quadrant. Um, you can count on me too in the lower left hand. And then what I need from you in the lower right hand. Mm -hmm. And so we do that. We're, we're still timing it up. We think it's probably twice a year is going to be right. We were doing it quarterly, but we think that's a little too frequently, especially if you already have a good culture. Mm -hmm. um, people are like, you know, it hasn't really changed much. But one of the things that I always say when I'm talking about this is as the leader in the organization, whether you're the one doing the best of me with your employee or if it's your employees in the organization doing it, um, it's the employee's opportunity to speak, not the manager's. So I always say this, this is a good time to remember that you have one mouth and two ears and employ them appropriately. And also that last question, the one thing that says what I need from you, when you ask that question, you have to make sure you take action on that because that's like one of the most important ways that you demonstrate to the person you're speaking to who's sharing with you and being vulnerable with you that you heard them that they matter and that that you will do what they've asked to the best of your ability. That's vastly important. And if you don't do it, you've you've just cut your legs, cut the legs off your culture. Of doing the entire exactly. You're not going to take action on it. And that exactly. right there is what I'm sure turned around that employee that you were talking about that had bad experience that didn't have that same trust. Because what you're talking about is building the trust. Right. Right. And it's, it's such a long game. Um, it just is, you know, you don't, people don't trust you when you hire them. 
they mm-hmm. have to see that. And then, you know, like I said, if you, once you build that culture, then you have a whole bunch of people who can validate it. It's not just you saying, you can trust me. You got a bunch of people saying, yeah, you can trust her. I, I just love this. And so we will, listeners, if you're sitting here going, wait, what about that? How do we get that? We'll we'll put a link and we'll, we'll ask yeah. Christy about that at the end, but we'll put a link into the show notes so you don't have to worry about that. So you know, some amazing things already. What do you think that are maybe are common mistakes that business owners make when they're trying to build or maybe even scale a business when it, as it relates to culture in particular? Oh, there are so many. Um, and I, I think the biggest one is is really not deeply working on yourself. Mm-hmm. It is just we have we all have these blind spots, you know, and and we move around the world, you know, leaving wreckage behind us without any awareness of it. And and it is just so important. And that's just a never ending game, isn't it? You know, I mean, you're never done with that. Um, I, I'm constantly learning new things about myself, even though I've been you know, studying the Enneagram for well over 10 years and we employ it in our organization. Every new employee is typed and then we have workshops on it so that so that we can have a common language among all of us and, and an understanding of how other people are behaving. But I think as a as a leader, either an entrepreneur or, you know, a department head, whatever you might be. I think not knowing your own blind spots and and recognizing especially the effect that you can have on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that when I get um, impatient, which happens a lot, I'm a, I'm a fast mental processor, which can be good, but it doesn't make me smarter than somebody else. It just means I process more quickly. Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned is um, there are a couple of people on my leadership team who process more slowly. They're very thoughtful and I blah, 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 blah. And I have to make sure I slow down and give them time to think and decide what they want to ask or what they want to offer. And then when they speak, I'm, I know it's going to be valuable. But I think the tendency is when you're someone like me is to just keep talking, 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 talking. And, you know, you're missing probably the most important thing if you don't listen to the people around you and elicit their input. I think that that can easily be overlooked by a lot of leaders. I agree. I see it all the time that that people think that because they're leaders that they have to be the one with all of the answers yeah that's not true and if we're constantly looking at things from our own perspective and not stepping outside of that and maybe even asking others um yeah like like you do with your assessment that you that you were talking It's asking those questions and then listening and doing something with it, making that change, adapting your behavior. What you're talking about now is actually taking that step to not just know about it, but to do something different. Right. I right. Of that. Well, you know, I like what you said about not having all the answers quick, because I definitely speak to that when I talk about this, is saying you really don't need, you shouldn't have all the answers. What you should have as a leader is the right questions, because you want to make sure that you're eliciting and, and encouraging people to think creatively. So you need to have the right questions, much more important than the right answer. Completely agree. Now, I with my focus in business and, and human connection, I would really be interested in a little bit more information on the kindness element and focus, the foundation for you and what that looks like from an action standpoint. Yeah, there's... It, 
kindness filters through everything that we do in our organization. And, um, and I always say, no, don't, don't mistake kindness for weakness, because it doesn't mean that we don't have difficult conversations. And it doesn't mean that we let people take advantage of us or become codependent. We're very aware of that, because that can easily bleed into that. Um, but one of the things that I, another one that I can give you a link to is a document that is a compensation. I think a lot of organizations give people your total comp um, at, at a certain time of year, like when you give someone a raise or something. And what I've experienced in my own life is usually or frequently when those are given to employees, it's because the organization has heard grumblings that people feel like they're not being paid well enough. And they're like, Oh really? So there's kind of a little, really let's show you attitude to it. So that was not our motivation for doing it. We wanted to do it because we wanted to say, you know, you matter. And so what we did is we call it, you matter. And there's a beautiful paragraph that leads into it that talks about, you know, you as an individual are priceless mm -hmm. and the contribution that you make to our organization is recognized and very much appreciated. And while we can't quantify your individual value as a human, we can quantify your value to the organization to the best of our ability. And here's what that is. And then we, give them all the things. So it's, it's the exact same thing that they get from somebody else, but we phrase it in a way that we call it, we write or girlize it, but we phrase it in a way that um, lets them know why genuinely why we're doing this. Um, and it also helps them see that they're, you know, the benefits they get even from a small business are, you know, pretty, pretty a lot, you know, and we're happy to do that. It's not to you know, wag it and hold it over their head. It's like, we're, we're happy that we're able to do this for you. Oh, I love this. This is such great stuff. So I could spend a lot of time talking to you, but I want to make sure that I do ask you the question that I so often ask of our guests. And that is, you know, it sounds to me like you've learned a ton of lessons that you are doing right actions. You're sharing those lessons out in the world is fantastic. So people might think, oh, well, Christy hasn't, hasn't experienced some of the challenges that I've experienced. So I would love for you to share if you've had a fear or a challenge that you overcame and what you learned from it. I have a couple and I, I think they kind of feed into each other. So I'll talk about both how it works. It was sort of personal, but, you know, it, I, I think there's like the book says, there's no such thing as business ethics, right? There's ethics. And I feel like there isn't personal or professional development. There's development because it all feeds in. So for me, even though it was a personal mistake in learning, it also fed into some mistakes. It resulted in business mistakes. So um, I was married and uh, it was not a great situation. I have a wonderful son, so I would have stayed married for the rest of my life to have him. So let's be clear on that. But because of the time, even though I was someone even at that age who was working on self-awareness, I really didn't understand some things about myself. And I stayed entirely too long in that marriage. Um, and even as I was building this business, I had someone undercutting me and making me question whether I was really doing as well as I thought I was. Uh, so finally, when I finally did the work, the personal development work and realized like, this is not a good situation um, and was leaving that situation, leading into the divorce situation, uh, I did not have the language of business in terms of accounting. I studied French in college. I was a liberal arts major and not, you know, I mean, I have business acumen. I run a business. I certainly understand a lot more about it now than I did then, but I did not know the difference between cash and accrual accounting. And I also didn't know at the time 
that no offense to any CPA, I have one and we love them, but the CPA just means you passed a test. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to think creatively. You dot I's and cross T's and make sure people comply with the law, which is valid and very important. But my CPA at the time had me on a cash basis, which did not make sense for the way our business is, which I don't need to get into. But people who understand that, they know that you pay a bunch of taxes. It all flows to your bottom line as an S-corp, and then you pay taxes based on that. It's fine. It all works out. But what happened is I was going through a divorce and I paid spousal support based on a cash basis. So it was four years of spousal support. That was the equivalent of my son's undergrad and part of his graduate school. Uh, And it was all because I didn't understand, you know, I didn't really know the difference. Um, And so that was, that was a big mistake that I say to everybody, like get an accountant, get a good one, um, but have a couple people don't have just one CPA. Like I have a, a wealth advisor who's brilliant. And whenever I meet with my accounting team, he's right there because he knows how to navigate the cracks legally, but to ask the question, you know, I was saying just the other day, I was talking with my uh, director of finance and about something we do. And she was saying that she asked our CPA, is this report telling us what it needs us to tell tell us? And I thought, don't ask a black and white thinker, a black and white question, ask them, what else could this report be telling us? Mm -hmm. You know, the question, like I said, ask the right question. You have to open up someone's mind. If you ask them a yes or no question, it's letting them off the hook. You know, you got to open it up. So those are two mistakes that kind of led into the same thing that I share frequently, especially for women, especially for women. Totally, totally agree. And, you know, I think it is really important to go back to how you started the answer. And I am firmly in agreement with you that it's all tied together, our personal and our professional lives and the development and, you know, what we do, how we show up. It, it weaves together, right? Yes. As much as you try, and I have tried to <laughs> separate out the two and and I'm doing myself and my clients and my team a disservice in doing that mm-hmm. because it actually is the, it, it doesn't do what my basis of being human centric speaks to. Right. right, right. I have to practice yeah. being a human, <laughs> Well, and, you know, I mean, at the risk of, you know, repeating the oracle of Oprah, but, you know, your authentic self, I mean, I can't, you kind of get tired of hearing it, but it's because it's so true. It's like you, Heather, as a person want to bring your whole self to your coaching and to all of that, because that's where the richness lies, you know, not in the number of business books you've read, but in your experience of those and how they've become part of you and then how you share that with people. Mm. I love this. We're going to have to have another conversation, Christy. But for now, we are coming to the close of our 30 minutes. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners about where to find you, what they should be looking for, those two great resources that you talked about, anything else that, of course, like I said, we'll put the links into the show notes, but that you'd like to give a little bit more information on now so that they can find you? Well, I'm easy to find uh, right now. You can just go to writergirl.com and then find our team. I'm right there. So anything that you would like to, I'm I'm easy to reach. My email and phone number are right there. And I'm always open to talking to people. Um, I really, I do mentor younger businesses. I'm actually formally through the Entrepreneurs Organization. um, And I love to talk to people about uh, my experiences. That's one of the great things about EO is that it's experience share, not advice giving, because nobody Mm -hmm. wants to hear advice anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, 
like I said, I have I've made lots of mistakes and I'm more than willing to share that with people so they can go break it in a brand new way. I love that phrase. It's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thank you for that, Christy. And we, I know you've already given us a tremendous amount, but this is the point where I ask, do you have any final parting words of wisdom? Anything else that you have a burning desire to share with our listeners today? You know, I really like to talk about the fact that it doesn't matter what your particular position or role is. I mean, most of us are parents. Uh, you know, many of us are, you know, business leaders, founders, uh, business owners, uh, teachers, whatever it is. Um, and, and this sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. People are watching you. And that whole trust is a long game isn't just a business practice. That's a life practice. Um, and it's really important that you understand that and that, you know, we all trip up and it's absolutely okay to trip up. I think what's even more important about that is acknowledging that it's possible, but then acknowledging that you've done it and being vulnerable and saying, you know what? I made a mistake. I said this, I did this, that wasn't right. And, you know, I want you to know, I acknowledge that and it was a mistake and I'll, I'll do all I can to fix it. I just think that is key to effective relationship building uh, and to that long game of building trust. That's fantastic. I totally agree. And I have, I, appreciate you and your wisdom and your time today. Listeners, if you also appreciated Christy's wisdom and you think there's somebody out there who needs to hear her message, share it, share the show, get it out there and let us know what you think about it. We really appreciate those testimonials and recommendations. They mean a lot to us. So thank you, Christy. Thank you, listeners. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you, Heather. 